Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Biden's speech on Afghanistan missed every mark, and everybody knows it. Every rational person knows it, that is. The conversation, the argument is not about whether or not we should remain in Afghanistan. You'll find a lot of people who agree with, eh, we should be out of Afghanistan. The conversation here is about how and how it was handled and how poorly it was handled and how dangerous it has become and how it is all the fault of Joe Biden. Every single thing that has taken place is the fault of Joe Biden. What does Joe Biden do? Joe Biden blames Donald Trump. When I came into office, I inherited a deal that President Trump negotiated with the Taliban. Under his agreement, U.S. forces would be out of Afghanistan by May 1, 2021, just a little over three months after I took office. U.S. forces had already drawn down during the Trump administration from roughly 15,500 American forces to 2,500 troops in country. And the Taliban was at its strongest militarily since 2001. The choice I had to make as your president was either to follow through on that agreement or be prepared to go back to fighting the Taliban in the middle of the spring fighting season. With all due respect, Mr. President, that's a lie. And this is when people said, my gosh, what is he doing? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Maybe you agreed with President Biden. Maybe you disagreed. I'd love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT Tony. You didn't have to do anything by this date or that date. If you had to do it by May 1st, we're already in August. What in the world? Why did you do it then? So clearly you didn't have to file, uh, follow President Trump's plan. President Trump's plan involved not evacuating. Not evacuating the Afghanis who were helping uh, the, the U.S. military. Not evacuating the Americans who were there. You could have been doing this for months. As a matter of fact, you know what? Everybody and their mother is talking about the speech. I'm going to get into this. I've got Noah Rothman scheduled to be with us uh, from from NBC, who is – I've known Noah for a long time. We've had him on the show. He's a super bright dude, and we see conservatism a bit differently. I have never heard him as angry and disgusted as he is with Joe Biden. I want to hear his take. We'll get to that. The commander of the USS Cole that was bombed by al-Qaeda, Kirk Lippold, he is with us. We're going to hear his thoughts on on Joe Biden's speech and on his quote-unquote leadership. But let's take this in a whole different direction, shall we? Let's take this to what it is that is now happening in Afghanistan. While everybody here is trying to either defend Joe, Joe Biden or really be honest about Joe Biden and recognize that he has no ability to lead, no understanding of foreign policy, that there are no adults in the room. The Progressive Party has no adults, no people who understand how to deal with the seriousness of these situations. 
In Taliban, they're going door to door looking for Afghans who fought alongside the U.S. military. These were the people that I believe should have been uh, evacuated uh, right from the beginning. They were working with the U.S., of course, they're the enemy of the Taliban. If they are found, they will be executed on the spot, so probably will their families. Jen Griffin. Jennifer Griffin, speaking on, on this issue. National Security over at Fox News. First-hand account that the Taliban have already started going house-to-house in Kabul, looking for any Afghan special forces who fought alongside the U.S. military. And they've got all the records. Jackie Heinrich, Fox News, engaged in the same conversation. So let's talk about what happens when Joe Biden fails. Because Joe Biden failed. And he failed all of these people who were told for two decades. You work with us, we're going to take care of you, all right? You're with us now. Hey, hey, look at me, look at me. You're with us now. All right, we, we, we got you covered. You, they, they can't hurt you. When you're with us, listen, listen. You know what the saying is? When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. Did you just bring up a musical? I did bring up a musical. But you're one of us now, all right? No other radio host brings up musicals more than Tony Katz. Thank you very much. And then what did we do? We left them to die. And now they're trying to figure out how to say, oh, no, 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 you mean my, you mean my cousin. Oh, that no good son of a guy. I, you find that guy, you kill that guy. A oh, traitor. A oh, traitor he is. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what I love about the Taliban. You know what I love? The beards. Oh, you people have the best beards. Look at my beard. If only I could get my beard so good. Show me how you do your beard. Show me how you do the beard. Kids, you listen up. Learn how to do the beard like the Taliban guy. They'll do anything to survive at this stage of the game. I can make it funny, but the truth is there ain't nothing funny going on. Pure evil is going on because Joe Biden didn't do his job. They are also going door-to-door collecting the guns. Hey, listen, uh, you, you got a couple of firearms here. We got some records, but we're going to check. Because you know what? You know what? You don't need those anymore. You don't need you don't need those guns anymore. Oh, no, no. You see, you needed them with those evil, disgusting people who were working with those pig dog Satanists uh, uh, America. But with us? Oh, you don't, you don't need guns with us. From Television City in Hollywood. Oh, you're safe now. Oh, you're going to be fine. Everything's good. We're going to take the guns because you don't need them. We got your back. We got you covered. Oh, you ain't going to have to worry about nothing no more. We got this all handled. It's all going to be good. Now, now by the way, um, uh, if the women leave the house without a male companion, you know we're going to kill her, right? You know we're going to kill her, and then we'll probably have some talks with you. So you just you remember, women aren't women aren't real. Women don't matter. Women don't have rights. You just remember that. But no, you don't need the gun. We got you. We'll, we'll take care of the safety. You just handle those women. Don't let them get out of control. If I see any ankles, so help me God. Are you kidding? This is what's happening. The people are absolutely going to be living in hell. And maybe that's an argument for they need you need a small U.S. force. However, it's also an argument for why hasn't the Afghan military tried? You see, I think that part of the conversation is fine. 
and good. I think that part of the conversation is is acceptable. Why hasn't the Afghan military done gone forward and 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 been more forceful? And this has to do with an American failure of intelligence and yes, of training. How did it get this bad that we could spend 15 years, 20 years working on this and get zero result? You know what's happening in Afghanistan right now? Well, people want to pretend that Joe Biden is, uh, is, 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 is up to the task. Reports that the Taliban is forcing young girls to marry their fighters. Now, allow me to explain to you that when they say marry, they don't mean, hey, let's have a ceremony. They're talking about their way of trying to create the acceptable realm of rape. What, you think these girls are married? Is that, is that, is that what we think? You think these girls are married? You think that this is, is some kind of 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 life being had together when they're 13 what are we talking criminally and saying crazy for you didn't know that this is what you were dealing with allow me to have conversations that we're all having but i'll just have them uh into this microphone the taliban aren't good or decent people the taliban are less than the taliban are violent thugs and rapists who believe in a backwards mentality. And the only good member of the Taliban is a dead member of the Taliban. I'm sorry, that didn't seem too tough. I thought I did that with a plum. Trusting the Taliban is never an idea that works. And I remember when President Trump got derision for discussing some levels of creating deals with the Taliban. And I said, the man thinks he can create a deal with North Korea. He thinks he can create a deal with Taliban. You can't create a deal with the Taliban. I'm pretty sure I said those words. But if it was crazy when Donald Trump was having those kinds of uh, conversations, at least those conversations were coming out, that, that this was happening, why would Joe Biden then say of the Afghans, you know what your problem is? You didn't properly negotiate with the Taliban. What is to negotiate with people who are full-on believers of Sharia, who want total devastation and want to destroy and kill anybody who even thinks of arguing with them? And what do I get from, from people like Nancy Pelosi? Well, it's important you form a government that includes the women. I'm sorry, what? You, you think they're going to form a government that includes the, 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 the women? Any political settlement that the Afghans pursue to avert bloodshed must include having women at the table. Yeah, if they're there to serve drinks. What does Nancy Pelosi think? She's going to hashtag her way and make the Taliban feel some kind of guilt? No, no, no. Guilt works on Christian white guys. It doesn't work on the Taliban. I'm sorry, are we going to pretend this isn't happening, guys? Or are we going to wipe the sleep from our eyes and sit our asses down and get down to business? The only way to negotiate with the Taliban is to kill the Taliban, beginning and end. It is the alpha and the omega. Do you know what kind of ridiculous sot Speaker Pelosi sounds like? Doddering old woman, she sounds like. 
Well, I'm going to show them how woke I am, and I'm going to tell them that the fate of women and girls in Afghanistan is critical to the future of Afghanistan. You're talking about the Taliban. What are you doing? What, what is wrong with you? Everybody knows this much. This is, if the Taliban has power, it's going to work out horribly for women. It's also going to work out horribly for everybody else. And this is now what has happened. So I go back to this intelligence conversation of why wasn't the Afghan military prepared? What did we spend all that damn money on? And how do I get a refund? Or if I can't get a refund, can I get some generals fired? Fired. How about we bust them down to private and we, they lose their pension? Can we do that? I live in a world where these elitists, these leadership fools, get to do anything they want, they make all the mistakes they want, and nobody is ever to blame. I want some people going to jail. I want some people losing their pensions. Is it too much to ask? You train these people and train these people and train these people. And the next thing you know, in less than 30 days, the 13-year-old girls are having their dream wedding, which involves nonstop rape until they die. Joe Biden didn't bring that up in a speech yesterday. I think it was a pretty important point to note. All the people who are going to get killed who helped the U.S. military, who helped us, because Joe Biden doesn't know how to engage a proper withdrawal. Oh, we had to do it now because otherwise we'd be in the middle of the spring fighting season. Well, why didn't you wait till winter when it is known, according to sources, that the Taliban hunkers down? Would have been a lot easier. They'd have a lot harder time taking the airport in Kabul, taking the palace, taking the capital. Maybe the Afghan president doesn't run away so quickly. See, I'm willing to put a lot of, uh, of blame on, on, on Afghan leadership and the president, etc. But I've got questions about intelligence that aren't getting answered. I have questions about uh, President Biden's readiness that aren't getting answered. He did this. This withdrawal is all on him. He is guilty. He has failed. And I'm curious to see what America is going to do about it. Now, right now, one thing that's happening is that Americans are tuning in to Newsmax. According to Nielsen, more than 30 million Americans are tuning in. It's one of the biggest media stories in the country. Newsmax is available on all major cable systems. And if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you can still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TV, Samsung, LG, and more. Or go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. It also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, TiVo, and 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their smartphone. It takes seconds to download it on your phone. No paywall, no subscription. So watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime, anywhere. You know how President Trump talks about Newsmax. Forbes referring to Newsmax as a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax TV. And go to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a source you're going to love. Watch Newsmax TV today. 
Tim Tebow released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is relieved. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. The quarterback turned baseball player turned possible tight end. There you go. Released by the Jaguars. Tweeting out, thankful for the highs and even the lows, the opportunities and the setbacks. I've never wanted to make decisions out of fear of failure, and I'm grateful for the chance to have pursued a dream. Thank you to the Jaguars organization and everyone who has supported me in this journey. And we know that God works all things together for good. Romans 8.28. I did not know that he was an 828er. <laughs> Jesus. That's a manifest reference. I know. I. It's funny. That's funny. It's- Pretty good, if you ask me. By the way, the show Manifest, uh, you can catch it on Netflix, and you can also catch it on, uh, I think, I, I don't know if it's Hulu or it's, it's Peacock. It's good. It's good. And it, it gets a little campy from time to time. It's, but they've got a very religious overtone to it, a very, you know, philosophical, you know, overtone to it. it it's I, I enjoy it, I, and I only hope it comes back. I think it is. Netflix is picking up, I think. Right, uh, Netflix, or I don't know if NBC is coming back. But as for Tebow, I like Tim Tebow, and I'm one of the people who thinks that that Tim Tebow uh, didn't get a fair shake. That's my take. Why? Because he won a, he won he won more playoff games than you. But okay, but if you're telling me I have to choose between Peyton Manning and Tim Tebow, no, you don't have to choose between Peyton Manning and Tim Tebow. I, I but I did. That was the scenario. No, 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 no. I'm not. No, I'm saying that that nobody else would pick him up. That he, oh, oh, he can't play. It was just. It was never true. It was never real. It was never true, and it was never real. And that that's the part that I feel bad. He, I don't know how old he is. 146. I I have no idea. He's like how, 34. I I would love to see him back in the NFL. I think he'd be wildly popular. I think he would be uh, outrageously popular. Sinisterly popular. Would he would be, and I I think that he wouldn't do every play, but the plays he would do would be just perfect. It's just what you'd want. I don't know, man. That's that's my take. Meanwhile, Swiss University has claimed they have calculated the value of pi. You know what pi is? Uh, three point one four. One five nine two six five three five eight nine seven nine three two three six four eight four six three three. Oh, look at you! Look at you! Uh, that is that is right. Um, they've computed a new value for for pi um, for thirty one trillion. No, wait, I, I don't know what's higher than trillion. Quadrillion. Thirty one quadrillion four hundred and fifteen trillion nine hundred and twenty six billion five. No, 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 I had it right. Thirty-one trillion four hundred fifteen billion nine hundred twenty-six million five hundred thirty-five thousand eight hundred and ninety-seven digits of pi. That's what they were able to figure out. Uh, that's pretty impressive. That is that is. Uh, I, I got to admit, though, I have never I've never thought about just doing that as my life's work. <laughs> oh, okay. I've just, I just, it just didn't dawn on me. That's, that's crazy. This, they have a team working on this. Yeah, it's interesting. That's, it's amazing. And they're never going to figure it out. In the meanwhile, I can't do a Rubik's Cube. This is Tony Katz today.
Christopher Rufo reporting that the Attorney General of Arkansas, Leslie Rutledge, has announced that critical race theory indoctrination violates the Civil Rights Act and the 14th Amendment. That is that is just special right there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. We are so focused on things going on in Afghanistan, uh, and, and, and rightfully so, because it's just hit all of us in the face how, how bad of a job Biden has done. And wait till you hear some of the anger. Hooey. We forget the other things are going on, and they're equally as important. These, these fights do, do matter. And I, I'm only sorry that they're fights, but there is no other word for it. And I, and I, and I state to you that I try to always remember that part of my job is to remember that you are more probably probably more angry than I am. Even when I'm out of my skull, you're more angry than I am. And I am very, very aware that I, I have the, the, the good fortune of the microphone to be able to... Uh, honestly, I don't have to pay for therapy because I've got you. That, that's really the way it works. So much of this is just to be able to get it out. We live in a world where you're not allowed to, to, to get it out. you got to get it out. And, and, and these people, they never stop, they never quit, they never rest, to quote Michael Walsh. They've always got something. And the, and, the, and the woke folk, they never have a moment where they aren't just insanely and radically woke. This is Minnesota. 160 Minnesota school administrators, according to the Daily Wire, call for decentering whiteness. And here's a quote. White children have been done a great disservice by sustaining white-centered schools in America over all these years. You mean the kids? The kids are at fault for going to school? There's 162 principals and assistant principals issuing a public letter for calling for decentering whiteness, dismantling practices that reinforce white academic superiority. Oh, you mean like like testing? Because testing is about white academic superiority or something. This is what the state of Oregon did. Ah, standards. <laughs> Who needs that? We'll just get rid of it. Because, you know, equity. Because that'll make it better for everybody who's black. Have no standards at all. That's right. We got rid of standards because we know black people can't live up to them because we're the real racists. I'm Kate Brown. You understand the people who don't believe in standards are the real racists. Sometimes I'll refer to it as like a soft racism or soft bigotry. Man, is that hate. Oh, we have to get rid of standards. It's not fair to black people that we that we say this is what passes. What? what? Say that to a black person. I just want to watch. Let me have my bourbon and popcorn while you say that to a black person so I can watch them kick your ass. It's insane. But they never stop. And they, and they and then they go about quoting John Lewis, late Congressman John Lewis. Uh, never be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble. You see sometimes good trouble. That's how can we get into good trouble today? I know. Let's show our bigotry towards the people we pretend to actually want to help. That's that's Minnesota. You know, I will admit, I've come around on 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 uh, virtual schooling. 
<laughs> and I, I mean, I say it jokingly, but maybe I shouldn't. The more we virtual school, the less chance the school has to indoctrinate my children. So, you know, let's hear for the silver lining. Good on Arkansas. Good on the Attorney General for doing away with critical race theory and anti-racism in schools. Does the, indoctr- the, in- the introduction, this is the question asked, does the introduction of practices based on anti-racism and critical race theory in Arkansas public schools and universities violate Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, Article II of the Arkansas Constitution, or other a- applicable non-discrimination laws? And the Attorney General responds, the answer to your question is yes. With certain qualifications set forth below, instituting practices based on critical race theory, professed anti-racism, or associated ideas can violate Title VI, the Equal Protection Clause, and Article II of the Arkansas Constitution. Anti-racism is racism. We're, we're, we're done there. Uh, it, the, the, the bigotry of Ibram Kendi, his pseudo-intellectualism, uh, if, if you want to sit there and idolize this man, you're more than welcome to, but what you idolize is pretty ugly. I mean, as far as intellects go, he just doesn't have it. And yet these are the things that we're all having to fight constantly and consistently over and over and over again. It's it's exhausting, and I and I get it, and, and it's frustrating. And man, I'm today I'm there. Like like I don't know what what it is about today specifically, but we we know there there are moments like where we're, we're fighting through it, we're getting through it, and we we can bob and weave. And man, the jab is the jab is working. We're just looking for that opening, looking for that opening. Boom, body shot. Let them go down in a heap and be like, yeah, and your mom, and just keep on fighting. And there are some days you're like, man, when does this round end? Like that's the that's the place I, I, I came from today. I don't know what it was. It, it happens. People are I I mean but I, I my point is I'm not the only one who who's who's angry. I, I'm fully aware of this. People are angry. And one of the things they're angry about, going back to Biden's speech yesterday, the unbelievable just mistruths and flat-out lies that he put forward, stunning and, and amazing. I mean, my gosh. We're also expanding refugee access to cover other vulnerable Afghans who worked for our embassy. U.S. non-governmental agencies or uh, U.S. non-governmental organizations and Afghans who otherwise are at great risk in U.S. news agencies. I know there are concerns about why we did not begin evacuating Afghans civilians sooner. Part of the answer is some of the Afghans did not want to leave earlier. We didn't evacuate them sooner because it's Afghanistan's fault. It's the Afghan people's fault. It's Man, people looked at this and, all right, some people, they decided, oh, oh, he's so fantastic. Jonathan Capehart, if you know Jonathan Capehart from the Washington Post editorial board, whether you like it or not, President Biden's strong speech was in line with where the majority of the American people are. 
Well, that would lead you to believe that the conversation is about whether or not the United States should be in Afghanistan. But that's not the conversation. The conversation is how we left Afghanistan. Jonathan Kabart doesn't know this. Are all the MSNBC hosts just fools? Well, wait for it, because I will share that one coming up in a little bit. Did you catch this guy on MSNBC talking to Brian Williams? His name is Matt Zeller, former CIA analyst, spitting fire. Didn't run from it. He owned it. He owned his decision. He owned the fact that, as he put it, the buck stops with him. I hope he gets to own their deaths, too. I, I don't I feel like I watched a different speech than the rest of you guys. I was appalled. There was such a profound, bold-faced lie in that speech, the idea that we planned for every contingency. I have been personally trying to tell this administration since it took office. I've been trying to tell our government for years that this was coming. We sent them plan after plan on how to evacuate these people. Nobody listened to us. They didn't plan for the evacuation of our Afghan wartime allies. They're trying to conduct it now at the 11th hour. The thing that they were most concerned about was the optics of a chaotic evacuation. Well, they got exactly what they were most concerned of by failing to do what was right when we could have done it. We had all the people and equipment in place to be able to save these people months ago and we did nothing that's spitting fire by the way the whole doing nothing by the the, the whole i i've been trying to warn them this came up yesterday so he was the first one i had heard it, maybe not the first person who said just the first person i heard uh to go down this road i've been trying to warn and Juran. G-E-A-R-A-N. I must admit, I am not familiar with her. Washington Post White House correspondent. This goes back to Sunday, where she stated that Joe Biden was so caught up in wanting to get out of Afghanistan, he ignored the advice from top generals. This is a piece over a Daily Caller from Virginia Cruda, who served in the U.S. Air Force. Virginia's good people. Uh, I've I've known Virginia for for a while. Let me let me see if I can pull it up. But that that is a continuing conversation when I talk about the intelligence. What got to Biden? What didn't? What did he know? And what did he not know? And what was he actually listening to? Stable, if not very satisfying situation in Afghanistan. I think Anne's right. The conclusion is we can't make it better. But we've now seen the last few days we can make it worse. And the, the withdrawal of those troops for a very small uh, you know, cost that we were paying has had an outsized impact on the ability and the wi- wi- willingness of the Afghan forces to defend their own government. And, we're, and the, it's a dark day. It's a dark day for America. It's going to be the end of a 20-year experiment, 20 years of epic failure. And it's a dark day, especially for the Afghan people, 38 million people who are now going to be returned to the tender mercies of the Taliban. It is a dark day, but at the same time, look, you know, it's interesting that we're having a debate about spending a trillion dollars on infrastructure. And NBC reporting this week sold us we spent over a trillion dollars in afghanistan right and for the american people if you if you're balancing a tr- uh, tr- should we spend a trillion dollars on bridges and roads and fixing and fixing up our infrastructure in, in the united states or nation building in afghanistan i think it's p- pretty clear cut where american people are going to fall and what's that is not the argument at play but yes that's not the argument at play 
They're trying to make the argument that, all right, we've done enough. It's enough spending. We're out. We're finished. That's not it. This is where so many of these conversations are going awry, and they're trying to keep you on the wrong path. The path is how we did it. That's the failure, and then how Joe Biden explained it, which was even worse. The divide, I mean, there's clearly a divide between the Pentagon and the president on this one. And, and you know, you're never going to find a military leader that doesn't want a few more troops and a little more time, okay? That, that is a fact on, on anything. Um, do you expect this to have long-term fallout between the relationship between the White House and the Pentagon? Because the Pentagon, they look like the, the chaos, like, why is this going so badly? And I think the Pentagon's whispering, we didn't want to do it. Yeah, they definitely didn't want to do it. Uh, I mean, the relationship wasn't fantastic to begin with. I mean, uh, Biden took office very skeptical of, of the generals, as he likes to call them, um, and for exactly the, the point you make. He thinks that Obama got jammed, that's his word, uh, uh, during the surge, and he was determined not to be jammed himself. So when you, when you have that as the predicate, I think the argument that they then had about whether or not to keep a teeny tiny little force uh, in at Kabul and at Bagram uh, as a, a preventative, as a and and basically as spies to keep an eye on on counterterror uh, operations, keep an eye on Iran, keep an eye on Pakistan. Uh, that was the that was the military argument for leaving a small residual force behind. Uh, and you know, I think that then you you had the the president say no. Uh, they're just uh, when Donald Trump said we're getting out yeah. completely. Uh, that means that that once we leave anybody there, they become targets. And I also think he saw the possibility and the opportunity to do what no other president had been able to do before and end it. Does that mean that Joe Biden was presented with the facts of what could happen and still said, yeah, but I'm okay with it? Well, that would be a buck stops here conversation, and that would be the end of it. To bring in Donald Trump, he was the guy who wanted to pull out of, of Syria completely, saw that he couldn't, and didn't pull out of Syria completely. But even that conversation is still not perfect. The question is, did Biden get intel and not utilize it? That's the question. The question is not, should you have left a force in or not? This is where the purposeful confusion is happening. Because people can agree or disagree about that one. You can't agree or disagree about the failure, the absolute failure that is what we saw over the last 48 hours uh, regarding the embassy, regarding these Afghanis who worked with the United States. If he had data about that, knowing that this wouldn't work, knowing that wouldn't work, and did nothing. If he had data about how uh, Afghan troops weren't ready or prepared and didn't think of other ways to make sure our people were safe and the people who worked with us are safe, then he's guilty again. The anger is unlimited. We're going to talk about exactly how deep the rabbit hole goes and how absolutely insidious this all is. The more of that's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. In Australia, they got themselves a pretty aggressive take on masks. There will be no removal.
removal of masks to consume alcohol outdoors. So you will no longer be able to remove your mask to drink a cocktail uh, at a pop-up beer garden on a footpath uh, as part of a pub crawl. So you can't have a beer. You can't have a beer if uh, in, in, in Australia outdoors. Uh, no, masks all the time in every way. It's, it's a sickness, guys. It's a sickness. I don't tell people they can't wear a mask. Go live your life. You can't have a gun in Australia either. Well, remember, I, I am fully aware that Australia is not the United States, son. I, I totally get it. I'm willing to visit. I just don't think they do it right. You have to wear a mask all times. You can't even take a drink. That's that's mental, uh, considering that masks don't stop COVID. By the way, if masks stop COVID, I would say so. I, I, I don't win anything here. My position is not a position of, of let me be a contrarian. If I thought a mask worked, I'd say so. I think I think the inoculation works. I'll get into why I call it inoculation and not a vaccine. I just oppose the idea of force. I don't believe in forced uh, vaccines or forced masks. No mandates. It's not how I run a country. Speaking of not running a country, Joe Biden failed in this speech. The question is, does it haunt him? What does it mean for the nation? Noah Rothman of NBC. He's up next to discuss it. This is Tony Katz today.